0: Come plan your dream wedding all in one day at the 17th annual Newport Bridal Show on March 3rd. Meet with more than 80 top wedding professionals at two of Newport's most romantic venues, Rosecliff and Oceancliff Mansions. Visit NewportBridalShow.net to buy your ticket today.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. It's Monday, February 18th, and you're listening to another episode of the Cape Sports Now podcast. The Cape Got Time, this all-local, all-sports podcast. I'm Steve Dadarian, alongside Matt Goisman and Matt. Quite a turnout we had this past weekend, especially Absolutely. for local swimmers, wrestling, track and field athletes. Ton of state champions across the board locally, as uh, well as several school records falling as well.
0: Yeah, this was a great weekend for Cape's, uh, for Cape Cod and Island teams in wrestling, in track, and swimming. One of the most successful kind of state weekends I think there's been in recent Cape history. We'll start with swimming. We had the division, both the Division One and Division Two meets this past weekend at Boston University. Nantucket boys, they play second overall. The meet went pretty much exactly how I thought it would. De- Nantucket swam as well as they possibly could have. They won three state titles. They set four or five school records. But Wayland just had too many entries, and just too many of them scored, even if they didn't win every event. And so that Wayland won the state championship, but Nantucket took second. Big victor, obviously we expected this, was Tyler Rothke, who won in the 200 and 500 freestyle. He set school records in both of those. And he anchored the champion uh, 400 freestyle relay team. That was with James Taft, Grant B, and Aiden Roberts. So now all four of the swim titles uh, that Nantucket has won, uh, Rothke has been part of all of them.
1: Yeah, that's some great hardware to bring home too. Even the runner-ups get to take home. Oh, yeah. Pretty much equally sized trophy. So, yeah. I mean, this is clearly the most successful season in the Nantucket Boys Program history. I mean, winning oh, yeah. the first ever sectional title mm-hmm. in school history is pretty remarkable as yeah, well. Yeah, only,
0: the only title they'd ever had at state before this was last year with Tyler uh, in the 100 freestyle, I think. Mm-hmm. And so now they've, you know, they picked up three more just this year. Uh, you know, Rothke was the... Big winner, but we can't understate the contributions of everybody else, especially uh, Taff and Beeb. Taff he was second in the 200 free right behind his teammate. He set a school record with uh, finishing fourth in the 100 backstroke. Beeb set a school record in the 100 butterfly. He uh, placed second in that. He was also third in the 50 free. Uh, and then the 200 medley relay, the first event of the uh, of the whole meet, uh, that was Taft, Kevin Johnson, Beeb, and Rothke. They also set a school record and placed second so, a tremendous weekend for them, and they did it mostly with underclassmen. Uh, the seniors are uh, Taff, obviously, and then Cooper Norris and Cameron Gottlieb, who were both uh, relay guys and also good in the butterfly for them. So they have some holes to fill, but definitely a ton of talent coming back. So they should be pretty good again next year.
1: Yeah, I believe Kevin Johnson's only like a freshman, a freshman or something freshman. like that. He so he's a sophomore.
0: Really excited uh, to Matt, see these guys. Yeah, Macacchetti, their uh, diver, is a junior. Uh, So they'll have most of these guys back. If they really want to compete for a state title, they're going to have to find a way to massively just increase the size of their program. I don't know if Nantucket is really built for that. So I think they're probably going to do something like, I mean, I think next year could go like this year. You know, they probably win all their regular season meets. They probably win, you know, the Bay Colony Conference and all that. Maybe they win sectionals and then they go to state and qualify in a lot of events, probably win a few probably get second or third overall so mm-hmm. they'll be good again next year Wayland is just a monster in yeah. d2 and they've won it a bunch of times recently and even
1: the girls program I think yeah. went yeah, across the board so that's good for them yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, it's tough to build a champion swim program you have right. to have a ton of new talent coming in every year and hats off to them for being able to do it you know I the other cool story I thought from the state swim meet was the Martha's Vineyard Girls, who quietly put together their best season in program history. You know, they finished 33rd, which doesn't seem high, but that's the highest that program has ever done. Gabby Carr placed 9th in the 200 freestyle. That's the highest individual finish at state ever for a vineyard swimmer. She lowered her school record in the 500 freestyle and placed 13th. She also swam on both relays, as did Animal Brothers and Yaila Jashara. So really good season for them. Uh, Hopefully something to build on uh, for coming seasons. Uh, The Kentucky girls were pretty good too. Sixth place overall, Jackie Jordan set a school record in the 100 breaststroke. Sophie Girardi uh, did it so in the 500 free. They both placed fourth overall. Relays were both really good. Girardi and Jordan were both part of those. Uh, Emma Davis was really good uh, in her uh, individual events, she finished in the top 10 in both. And then you interviewed Amelie uh, Bouchard recently, right? And she had a real good state meet. Yeah, at
1: the Bay Colony Conference meet. Just a great kid, came in last season, set a uh, school record, and then came in to state this year and mm-hmm. just just tore it up. She was third in the 100 backstroke, fourth in the 50 freestyle. I believe she has records in both events. I yeah. have to double-check that. But, I think she um, set those in 2018. Right. So, But, again, I think she even lowered them this year, at least mm-hmm. one of them this year. So just a great competitor and nice kid. And, um, you know, it was just you know, funny story of her swimming. She has plenty of state meet experience. She swam in the Oregon state meet two years ago. Mm-hmm. So even as an underclassman, had been a standout and a really good addition for that program. Yep. That's over the years had some really good athletes, but is starting to really put together a good program.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Eastman for sandwich also 13th in the 100 breaststroke sandwich finished 22nd overall out of, I think there was something like 50 total teams uh, in the event. So real good state swim meet for most of the, for the, most of the teams here, obviously knots had had a lot of people there. Tyler Karen swam too for St. John Paul Barnstable had a few entries. So Cape was well represented in swimming this year, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of these swimmers now, they kind of turn it over to club. It's not like their season's over. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to keep swimming no, a
0: lot of these kids. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the club swim season is way more important than the varsity season. The right. club one is where you really get noticed, where you go to national or regional competitions, where you get scouted. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this was a great accomplishment. Uh, the club one is for these kids who want to go to college for swimming. Rothke, obviously, and, and a bunch of these other ones probably will, too. That's where you really make your name.
1: Right. Um, but certainly swimming was the only thing that dominated up in Boston yep. this weekend. We had some really outstanding track performances Absolutely. and starting yesterday Sunday with uh the Division four state meet mm-hmm. uh Nossett just r- in particular put on an absolute uh clinic definitely a- at this meet um on the boys' side, Matt Cahill was the only one to qualify. He actually only jumped six two and still won the high jump. You know this is a kid who jumped six four in the season open and six seven the week after, so one of the six two you know you just whatever it takes to get by, yeah.
0: See if he can do that better uh, at at Allstate or or right. New England if he can qualify.
1: Absolutely. So, but on the girls' side though, he had tons of athletes go through. One in particular, Monique Malcolm, who we talked a little bit uh, to earlier in the week, mm-hmm. um, set school records by winning both the fifty-five 55- dash and the three hundred. She's going to go to the Allstate meet along with uh, Abby Farrell, Izzy Nobley, and then the girls' four by four team of Rebecca Pranga, Sophie Christopher, Cara Moore, and then Izzy Nobley. Mm-hmm. They all qualified for next week's, I believe, next Saturday's meet. And Nasa finished second place with 35 points. They were right up there to win a uh, state title. Yeah. Fell two points short to North Reading, but I think with all those performances, you can't run upon that too much. Again, no, runner-up, you take home a trophy.
0: Yeah, you sw- <laughs> run the best that... Anyone ever has at your school, right? I mean, how can you expect more than that,
1: right? But huge performances by Malcolm, only a sophomore. Mm-hmm. This is actually her first season in indoor track. She was born in Jamaica. She came up this past summer to live with her mother, and she's here now and just mm-hmm. just absolutely tearing it up. And I got to talk with her a little bit. She's kind of in a bit of a rush, but um, <laughs> but she's still able to tell me about how she got to compete in Jamaica and how mm-hmm. kids there are just amazingly fast and. She came here, and she's she's found a lot of really good success, so you maybe credit that or just credit the factor of her ability to adjust to a new school and and, and to be a standout this year um her fifty five times seven point three three and then her three hundred time of forty point two seven again are two school records uh nobly and Farrell hit top five in the one thousand and two mile respectively um and that relay squad also broke a school record mm-hmm. with a four fourteen so I, again just an outstanding performance by the Gnostic girls who. In the past at this meet, I've actually had a lot of success. I believe um, Izzy's older systematic at last yeah, year. Yeah,
0: she was I, – yeah, I think she was the indoor champion in the – I can't remember if it was – the mile old, or yeah. two mile.
1: Um, but, yeah, just, again, so there's going to be a lot of athlete representation. Um at the Allstate meet this Saturday back at Reggie Lewis Center, obviously a place mm-hmm. <laughs> they're well familiar with. It's the
0: only place they run in the winter right. pretty much. Um.
1: Um, but then you also had a 1-2 finish in the shot, but it's D-wise, Tiana Bozzi, um, obviously um, D1 bound for Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 feet, um, six, and a, six half and a half inches, inches yeah. to win her second straight title. Um, and then second seeded, Abby torches from Falmouth, right behind her with a toss of 36 feet, 4 inches. So. You know, nice to see that one-two local combination right there. Mm-hmm. And Torch is only a junior; she's going to be back next year. Maybe she can be a champion following Bezos' um, graduation. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Tiana, we've talked a lot about her in the yeah. show. I um, mean, we expected
0: her. Right. I figured she was going to win this. I don't know if she can win all state next week, but I figured right. she was going to win D four.
1: But to throw four inches on top of the rest of the competition, yeah, I mean, that's, that's
0: pretty impressive. That's a you know, that's about like a ten percent additional distance on the second place that's pretty good
1: right absolutely um they weren't the only ones there either the Falmouth boys Aiden Washington um is going to be at the All-State meet next week he finished second in the long jump with 21 feet three and a half inches mm-hmm. uh, Marvel Nicholson a junior was seventh in the 300 um 36.84 seconds um but again Nicholson's a junior he's still going to have the chance to come back mm-hmm. maybe compete for if not an All-State spot a um or excuse me if not for first place compete for an All-State spot next year sure. Um, and just like Torch has all the chance to come back. Really impressed uh, earlier in the week. Wednesday was a Division 5 meet, and Dash Christie from uh, the Martha's Vineyard uh, boys team set a uh, school record in the 55 hurdles, Mm -hmm. 7.96 seconds. Um, Just an incredible performance. And then Mackenzie Condon also won the high jump on her last jump, actually, 17 feet, 4.5 inches, uh, and then was also second in the hurdles in a school record 8.58, so... Kind of almost like the swim team, a bit of a quiet season for the Vineyard girls, yeah. or, or both, both the but boys McKenzie and the girls. too. the Condon has had
0: a lot of success in track. Right, in the last absolutely. Of years.
1: But you're talking top to bottom, and a lot of names in here that maybe we didn't get a whole lot sure. of recognition earlier in the year. Peter Burke, for example, contributed mm-hmm. to a pair of school records. He was fourth in the mile in 432.39. Mm-hmm. He was also fourth in the 4 by 8 relay uh, with John Norton, Owen Atkins, Isaac Richards, and. Uh, they were in uh, eight minutes thirty four point se- seven one seconds, mm-hmm. and then he had Jojo Beno third in the fifty five hurdles uh eight point one five seconds. Sure. And, you know what's really tough about these sprinting events too is not mentioned is that you got to go to finals for a lot of these things too. Yeah, so, you have
0: to qualify out. You know, you have to run it, do it once, and then again.
1: Right. So it's all about getting that good start in, in prelims, and you know, it's, it's nothing's guaranteed in those events. So definitely not. Certainly a great performance. Um,
0: and in general, I think D four especially is one of the stronger divisions for indoor track in this state. So a lot of times the whoever the D four winner is could very well wind up being the number one overall seed at all state. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got the Allstate meet. That's this Saturday. As we said again, that's at Reggie Lewis. A lot of these people I think we could be right talking about next week as all state right. champions. I think Bazzy's got a great chance. Condon has a chance. Uh, I think Malcolm's got a real good chance. Maybe Cahill, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cahill, I mean, I talked about it in my story last week. He came in with a mark of 6'7", mm-hmm. and I believe there's only two other people in the state who had a mark of 6'8". One kid from Lowell and another kid escaped me, but from higher division. So mm-hmm. maybe getting some of that competition, a couple of those guys will push him a little bit. Right. Uh, when when he cleared 6'7", back in December, he actually had Cam Kurgo at Mashpee jumping with him as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just a matter of having somebody who can match him height for height. Maybe a lot of high jumpers are really – you'd be surprised. High jumpers are pretty friendly. They'll share some of those tips, you know, how are some of these marks running because I think they all in general want to see each other sure. push the limits of what they can jump.
0: And you have nothing to do for long periods of track meets. <laughs> so you really – there's no – that's what I like about track meets is it really encourages talking with people from other teams in a way that not even swimming right. – like no other sport encourages – like is naturally built to get people interacting from other teams with each other in a, in a friendly way.
1: Right. Let's get to wrestling real quick. Yeah. We're actually going to have sandwich, uh, wrestling coach, Jerome Fay calling in a little bit. Um, but certainly the big story from this past weekend in wrestling was Connor Keegan winning the 120 pound state title in the division three state meetup in Wakefield that gives sandwich four state titles over the course of four years. With Nathan story in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then you had Brian Hopkins and Matt Landry in 2016. So, it, incredible looking at overall Keegan's performance in this meet. He had 29 of his 37 points scored in the first period of his matches. And wow. His first two, I think, ended in the first period. So yeah. that was almost a given. But um, the, the most impressive thing, though, actually, was beating defending champion Christian Rivas of uh, Sabus, which is in Springfield, uh, who apparently had allowed just two points all season. <laughs> <laughs> and has really been rolling through his competition, out in Western Mass particularly. So Keegan took him down in the first round. He broke a two-all tie. In the third period, of the reversal, and that mm-hmm. was enough for a four-three win, and just an outstanding effort by a kid from Keegan, who you got to meet up with a little bit earlier in this yeah, week. Yeah, did. Didn't take the most conventional road to get to where he was, but he's here now.
0: Absolutely, and you know how he did at state is exactly how he likes to wrestle. I mean, he talked about being aggressive, about setting the tone early, about going after people before they're really prepared for, uh, you know, for a potential takedown. So. The idea that he got 29 of his 37 points in the first round, that he took down a guy, uh, you know, in the first round that had only given up like two points all year. That's all exactly how Christian likes to wrestle. So that, it was cool. I mean, Keegan wrestled. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) My bad. I gotcha. A lot of words on the page. Um, So it was really good to see that Connor was able to use the style that he likes and have success with it
1: yeah i mean it's not easy as we'll ask coach fay you know wrestling at 120 especially Mm -hmm. when you're a high school kid whose body's trying to constantly grow yeah that's not easy and i mean that takes a lot of discipline it takes a lot of planning Mm -hmm. making sure you get the right hydration and Yeah,
0: hydration you have to be really diet conscious because you don't want to be doing any of those weight cutting techniques that you know were out are kind of outdated now for wrestlers you know you just want to stay in shape naturally
1: so uh, we do have uh, Coach Jerome Faye on the line. Uh, coach, can you hear us?
0: I
2: can. How are you guys? Thanks Great. For hey, me. Coach. Yeah, thank
1: you for joining us. Hopefully the snow doesn't have you guys bogged down too much today.
2: <laughs> no, we're doing fine. Doing fine.
1: <laughs> Great. So, um, yeah, so over the weekend, obviously the big thing, Connor Keegan winning a state championship at 120 pounds. Do you want to just describe uh, his finals matchup against uh, the kid from Sabus, who I believe he said only had scored two points or had only had two points scored against him all season. Just talk about watching that match and kind of what you saw.
2: Well, I mean, two good wrestlers, two great wrestlers. And of course, uh, Revis being the defending state champion, um, you know, Connor really, he scored a takedown late in the first period, which I think was extremely important overall in that match. And, um, you know, we felt pretty good after that first takedown, you know, after the first period. And then, however, uh, we were in bottom second period and um, Connor actually got put on his back for a mm. two point near fall. So that tied it all up. And uh, going down, came down to the third period where I think you guys probably already know he, he reversed, got a reversal with about 30 seconds into the second period, which is pretty early in the period for our, you yeah, know, it's good to get the points, but that means you need to kind of ride him out or, or, you know, have some control for a minute and 30, which is pretty hard to do against a, a wrestler of Christian Rivas' uh, ability. So but he did, he, he hung on. He allowed the reversal in the last two or three seconds and, and squeaked out a 4-3 win. So extremely exciting match, well wrestled and uh, certainly well deserved by Connor, who's worked extremely hard you know, his whole career at Sandwich, but particularly this this year.
1: Mm-hmm. What did you notice of his sentiment, though? Did he seem like he was overjoyed, surprised, just probably exhausted, a lot of mixture of those things?
2: It is mentally and physically draining, for sure. I think he was in, uh, you know, I think it takes a while to sink in when you when you accomplish one of your, your goals. And uh, I think he was just, uh, you know, the good thing about Connor is he's pretty even keeled. So I could tell he's extremely excited, but, um, you know, he 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 doesn't get too high and he doesn't get too low. So I know it was really important for him and his family and and certainly for our program. Um, but uh, I'm sure he's a little bit more excited than he let on, for sure. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So he obviously moves on to Allstate. Now that sort of the season is almost over, does it change? And you only have a couple of kids left who are still competing. Does it change anything about practices, both with your role at practice, or you know, participation or energy or anything like that? Or are practices now just the same as they were in early January?
2: Well, they're pretty much the same. At Sandwich, we require everyone to wrestle at practice until the last person is out of the tournament. So we have the whole team that'll participate until the last man is out or last person is out. We do somewhat focus a little bit more on the individuals that are still in tournament, maybe try to work on things they need to work on. But in general, we try to keep things just the same so they they feel comfortable and they're comfortable in that type of zone. And um, But, uh, no, we have the whole team, and that's why sometimes we have other teams or other wrestlers that come and join us during Gene. these two weeks. Just so they they can have proper partners and
1: mm-hmm.
2: and a uh, full room, better than just kind of working out by yourself at the gym.
1: Right. Who is uh is Connor really been able to work with anyone specifically? Um, I don't know if you ever got in the ring at all, but I know you had a lot of assistants that help out as well. Is there anyone in particular that's really been helpful to get Connor to this point of being a state champion?
2: Well, I mean, Connor himself just his dedication to wrestling. I mean, he goes to the dungeon. I think you guys know on Sundays mm-hmm. and in the in the summer up in Hanover. And Coach Lindsay up there has been very instrumental in helping a lot of our wrestlers, and particularly, you know, we have six state champions now at Sandwich, and I would say the last five have all at one time gone to the dungeon at one time or another. So I think Coach Lindsay has certainly helped us. But you know, I think you know, I can't say any coach indiv- uh, you know in particular. You know, last week we had Barnstable come and practice with us, and the Stanley boys, um, they're great wrestlers, and they're great to have uh, as wrestling partners. So mm-hmm. I think that helped us out. Connor will wrestle anyone from, you know, 106 pounds all the way up to 200 pounds. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think, and, I, and that helps too. Different body styles, different speed, different, you know, different techniques need to be used against different opponents. So, um You know, I think just his dedication and and certainly the dungeon has helped out quite
1: a bit. Right. And obviously Connor wasn't the only one who had a top six finish. You had uh, Paul Cody finish fifth and Kevin finish sixth. I'm curious with Connor and Kevin, do they have similar personalities or are they kind of really different from each other in the time (laughs) you get to spend with them? Uh,
2: They are a little bit different. They're, they're, uh... (laughs) I would say they're a little bit different. Um, You know, Connor is more of a, you know, Kevin's—they're both—they're both great kids. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin is more of a—I don't know—more of a personality. I think uh, likes to joke around a little bit and have fun. Connor's all business for the most part, but uh, both really good wrestlers. I mean, Kevin's a sophomore, and we certainly expect some big things from him. He—he he comes into our room, into the sandwich program with probably some of the most natural ability we've seen is matt landry and those type of kids he is really um technically sound and i think once he you know grows you know realizes how good he is he'll he'll start putting up some more consistent numbers and their dad uh was a new i think he guys wrote about it was a new england state champion mm-hmm. or new england champion at norwood high school so we come from a family of pretty good wrestling talent. Cool. um and then Paul Cody, of course, you know Paul. That 152 class in Division Three was extremely difficult. It was tough at the section in Division Three section uh, South, and the state tournament was just stacked with real quality opponents. So, you know, mixing up the brackets, going to all states, I, I think anything can happen for Paul. I wouldn't be surprised to see him top, you know, three, four, at uh, at the all states. All
1: right. All right, coach. Any other traditions before Allstate kicks off this weekend, or any anything the team does in particular? You get to this point of the year?
2: No, not much. We're uh, we're just business as normal. Like I said, we're just trying to keep things normal, keep the kids in the in a spot that they're comfortable in, and just keep working towards uh, the next goals.
1: Great. All right, coach. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you having you, and uh, best of luck to everybody still competing this weekend.
2: We appreciate it. We certainly appreciate the support of All Wrestling on on
0: Cape Cod. You bet, coach. Take care. All right. Thanks. Cool. All right. That was Coach Jerome Fay from Sandwich. He'll have several uh, wrestlers at the All-State Meet, which is Friday and Saturday at St. John's Preparatory School in Danvers. I think that'll wrap it up with wrestling. You want to turn it over to basketball?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this is, this is the day of reckoning, especially when you get yeah. to the team sports now. You get to the, some of these basketball and hockey schools. Mm-hmm. You know, it, even though a lot of the playoff spots are pretty much locked up yet. Yeah. Y- you still have some jostling for position, and you still have those couple teams that still need a couple wins to get in. So mm-hmm. we'll certainly see how things come out. And, um, you know, b- again, you know, when you look at teams like Sandwich that are on the bubble, they need one or two games right. at their tournament in Abington. You get a lot of tournament games this week because yeah. of the, you know, February vacation. So pretty you're going to see some of those off matchups that. Weird start times. Yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, so I this is the final four days of the regular season. Sectional seedings for basketball come out Friday and then hockey it's Saturday, right?
1: Yep, hockey's come out Saturday. So
0: yeah, so the Sandwich boys are uh eight and eight and they need one more win to get in. They've got they are at this tournament in Abington this week. They've got Rockland tonight. Sandwich has three of the best scorers uh in the Atlantic Coast League and Chris Cronin at fifteen point three points per game, Connor Campbell at eleven, and Eric Conrad at ten point two. If they can have good games at least one good game, then Sandwich will be in the playoffs. Uh, Monomoy also at 12-7, and seven, obviously already in the postseason, but they have three very big games left uh, to play. They are at Cape Tech tonight. They should win that game, uh, which would clinch a tie for the Cape and Islands League title. Then they host Nantucket on Wednesday. Uh, Nantucket would uh, tie for the title if they were to win that game. And then on Thursday, they're home against Barnstable, which is a Division I team that beat them by a point in early December. Uh, Nantucket stayed in the hunt for the league with its 61-39 win over Monomoy on the island on Saturday. So Monomoy is definitely going to be looking for payback. I think it's kind of a height versus a speed game. Nantucket is quicker. They're better in transition. Monomoy probably will have a size advantage at maybe at least three spots, if not more, in a lot of uh, sort of formations on the court. If they can exploit that and avoid the turnovers that lead to to the transition points Nantucket feeds on – They'll win. Obviously, they couldn't do that this past Saturday, though. Yeah,
1: it's going to be a matter of, I think, really slowing down the game. If Monomoy's going to have any chance, this is going to have to be one of those grinded up, kind of like we saw D.Y. foul with this year, these 35-32 kind of games. A lot of
0: fouls and free throws. And,
1: And, I mean, that's going to come down to Monomoy being smart with his fouls. Like you said, maybe sometimes you throw in some second-string guys whose goal in there is... If you get beat, this foul. Yeah, <laughs> Don't maybe. let them get to the hole and, and have them rack up the fouls. Sure. Obviously, that can only work for so long, but I, I think defensively, Monomoy is going to have to really lock down and offensively going to have to take care of the basketball. Because like mm-hmm. you said, if they're turning the ball over and letting Nantucket fast break the other way, it's going to be a long yeah, night. Yeah, they're in trouble.
0: You know, the size advantage is how Monomoy beat Cape Cod Academy last week, which pretty much ended CCA's hopes for a league title. It also... You know, CCA is probably going to have the highest seed of any team boys basketball team on the Cape this year in the playoffs because they only have a couple losses. Uh, but I think that game exposed the glaring hole in the Seahawks' composition, which is a real lack of a front court. You know, mm-hmm. Andrew James gets a lot of rebounds and he's really good at double doubles or even sometimes triple doubles. But you look at his size and you kind of think he's more naturally like a small forward, maybe a power forward, but Definitely not a center, and Cam Poles is also kind of short for his position as the four or the five, depending on where they play him. They're going to live or die by their three-point shooting in the playoffs, but I'm really concerned that any team that's got even decent height is really going to have an advantage on them and be able to hurt them this year.
1: Right. And and as you say here, I mean, shooting's going to come down to... If CCA has a bad shooting, night, it could be an early exit for this team. Yeah, which
0: is what happened against Monomoy. I mean, Greenleaf, Jane Greenleaf was great, but Alex Marchant and Andrew James combined for one point in the second half. Mm -hmm. And they both did not score very... You know, their total points were single digits. So, you know, those are the guys that are going to have to step up because... I'm not sure they're going to be able to get it from other players. You know, maybe AJ Lusty can give them a few points, maybe Chris Kenny, but those are the three scores. And if they're off, or if even just two of them are off, then they're really going to have t- a tough time stopping teams. Mm-hmm. On the girls' side, Barnstable is 8-8. Eight and eight. They need one win to get into the playoffs. They are at two very winnable games. I think they're going to beat DY tonight. Uh, DY is just 3-17. and 17. And then they have Monomoy on Thursday. Monomoy's 10-6. and six. They are a playoff team. But I think Nakia Bland, Carly Whiteside should be enough for Barnstable to get in, maybe win both.
1: Yeah, we talked about Nakia Bland, I think, a little a couple of weeks ago. She's really had a tremendous mm-hmm. second half of the season. She's kind of taken over, um, running the ball really well up the court, really good hands on defense, and not afraid to take it to the hole against players that are a lot taller than she is. So Absolutely. she's been really aggressive, and I think that really takes a lot of pressure off Carly Whiteside, who's expected to do so much, really, every game for this team.
0: She's also... Very quick and has great conditioning. She seems to go at a high speed for all four quarters. So, And I've seen her, by doing that, basically wear down whoever is trying to guard her because mm-hmm. not everybody can play as intensely for as long as she can. Uh, the other team that could still get in, uh, the St. John Paul uh, girls. Uh, they are 9-10. and 10. They play Hall tonight in their season finale. Uh, that was, game was uh, postponed from last week. Lions win this, they're in. They lose, they're out. Uh, the question with St. John Paul is always which team is going to show up because the last four games have just been win-loss, win-loss. You know, if the team that scored 50 points against Cape Tech shows up, you know, where Sarah Piccolo goes off for 17 points and Victoria Butler adds nine, they should be fine. They beat CCA in a night when Kate Neal had 13 points and Melissa VanCott had nine. So the key, I think, is going to be having at least one person have a, a good offensive night, a, you know, a double-digit scoring night. Hall is a team that is kind of a bubble playoff team. I think they're going to wind up missing it. They were last in the South Shore League, Tobin. Um, but play
1: in that tough South Shore yeah, League with Masby and you know, Randolph and company. Yeah, and
0: all of them. And I, I, I think the South Shore League was tougher than the Cape and Islands League this year in Absolutely. girls' basketball. So, you know, not an easy win. Definitely a winnable one. But if we get the Lions squad that scored just 13 against Nantucket a couple of days ago, they're going to be watching their friends in the playoffs instead of playing in it themselves. Right. Wrap it so, up with hockey.
1: Yeah, let's do it. So tournament pairings again come out Saturday for both boys the sectional tournaments and then the girls the state tournaments. A lot of early games, including two that I think have already happened today. I mm-hmm. believe Born Mash Beware and Over Rochester already beat uh, the Kick-God Furies five nothing, and then Dy beat Whitman Hanson Silver Lake five three. So. Kind of an update in those records on the girls' side. But um, for the boys, you know, we already have a bunch of teams in. Bourne, Upper Cape, found with Marcus Vineyard, Barnesville, Nossett, St. Japan, Nantucket, the latter three all got in this past week mm-hmm. um, w- with some key wins. But coming down to the Y for a team like Mashpee Monomore at 8-2-2, two, and two, they got a huge 3-1 win over Upper Cape on Saturday to get within two points of a tournament spot. This is a team that was sputtering a bit. Mm-hmm. And to knock down a team like Upper Cape and hold the Rams to one goal, a team that scored over 100 goals this season. That's pretty impressive. So huge credit to goalie Jack Dano, especially for being able to hold down the sure. Rams and their defense. Um, the Monarchs are going to host Mashpee Hall at 10.30 a.m. Thursday. Here we go again with the weird times. Yeah. Um, and that's a team that tied 3-3 earlier in the year. And then East Bridgewater at 9 a.m. Friday, a team that beat 4-0 on the road last month. So mm-hmm. a couple ways to get in. I mean, two ties will do it. One win will do it. Um, so it's pretty simple. Uh for Mastery Montemoye, sandwich eight two and two, won a wild nine six. Excuse uh, me, eight and two, a wild nine six game over Dy earlier this week. It really kind of saved its season, mm-hmm. at least in terms of having a shot this weekend. So again, down to the wire, eighteen points with three games left. They're going to play Nantucket tonight in the Jeff Hayes tournament. Yep, either going to play North Reading or Lowell Catholic on Tuesday. Um, We'll see what happens there. And then Newton South, the team that beat Warren earlier this year on Friday. So it won't be easy, certainly. Um, But Sandwich has a shot, and it's kind of put things together down at the end of the season to give itself a chance to get in and try not to miss the tournament for two straight years. But, you know, speaking of Sandwich, so more importantly of all, this is the tournament to honor Jeff Hayes. As of Sunday, it raised $6,000, which is incredible. They just did a buzz-off, I believe, Mm -hmm. today. A lot of people shaving their heads. Um, and I imagine that that number is going to keep going up um, in terms of fundraising dollars as the week goes on.
0: Definitely. Uh, we also have the Coach Melcioni showdown, which is another big tournament. Barnstable will play uh, Weymouth at five p.m. on Wednesday. Hopefully, they can win that game, and then they've got either Marshfield or Franklin, uh, and that'll kind of do it for the end of regular season, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good little that'll be a good challenge, and Barnstable should be able to beat Weymouth. I believe as a team with a losing record. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, Weymouth plays some of the better teams, some of the brass in Division One boys hockey, as as do Marshfield and Franklin, both teams, I believe. Are, no, I, no, Franklin's ranked in the top ten. Mm-hmm. So, but again, Marshfield played both these teams in the tournament last year. So, what better way to tune up for tournament action Definitely. than playing a potential tournament team? Again, Division One's going to be a little tricky, as we'll talk about in a minute just because we don't know who exactly is going to be chosen for the Super 8 exactly, yet. Exactly, yeah. Teams like Franklin, though, are ranked in the top 10 or kind of right on the bubble. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that plays a factor in terms of where these teams come into the Division one South self-sectional tournament, especially since Division 1 tends to get, you know, at least right. six spots of those eight.
0: <laughs> yeah, because isn't the way it works is there are play-in games to the Super 8, and if you lose those, you right. actually drop back into the Division 1 playoffs or sometimes I think mm-hmm. even the Division 2 playoffs.
1: Right. So it depends, obviously, again, it depends where these teams are being pulled from. Mm-hmm. Um, Falmouth, you know, keeps grinding. They did lose to BC High 4-0 thing on Saturday night. They're going to be back out there at 3 p.m. today playing Reading and the Buddy Ferreira Classic. Just a great event, too, just to see all these elite teams, mm-hmm. you know, come down to the Cape, and it seems to be a destination for a lot of these sure. top-ranked teams, especially when you just mentioned the Coach Melcioni showdown. So um, Falmouth, I think, you know... Don't roll it out. We could possibly see that matchup in in the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, it happened a few years ago, and these teams are, could finish with identical records. So you never really know. Again, depending on who shuffles out where, mm-hmm. um, who's going to end up where, um, in each spot. So, um, in terms of who I think, though, and who's going to have the best chance of making a run here, I really don't think you have to look any further than Born. You know, a team that just carried a 10 game win streak just lost to Hanover, which is the top ranked team in Division Three right now. Mm-hmm. Arguably, the the Favorite to win the state tournament, Division Three boys hockey. Um, it was a 4 1 loss, but you know what? These sectional tournaments are played at Gallo, and you're telling me if it's not Bourne versus Hanover at Gallo, that Bourne's not going to have a shot? Mm-hmm. It certainly could. Uh, Bourne, of course, Bourne would have to win all these games to get through, sure. but I think they're playing their best hockey down the end of the season, and it's pretty incredible when you have four guys who reach 100 varsity points all in one season yeah. <laughs> with Joe and Max has? Max Hess has 30 assists alone this year, it's just been just. Unbelievable distributing the puck and setting up scoring chances. Mm-hmm. And then Christian Mulkern Mol- and Chase Lapworth, both with 100 total points. So just great season by all these all these guys, and they're certainly going to want to win it for one another in this group. that's They won the Canal Cup two years mm-hmm. in a row and really brought Bourne hockey back to where it used to be, I think.
0: Definitely. On the girls' side, D.Y. is already in. Barnstable already in. Uh, Bourne, Mashby Wareham is already in. Falmouth... Uh, Sandwich is that's the big game, right? It's kinda of do or die for them.
1: Pesky sandwich. They they keep sticking around at nine and eleven. Uh yeah, they got a, they do need to win today at Bishop Stang uh first shot. Bishop's staying eleven five and one. That game's at two thirty PM up in New Bedford. The teams do play again anyway, Tuesday or tomorrow at Gallo. Um so pretty simple. if Sandwich can get the points, they're in. But it won't be easy. Um,
0: no, Stang's pretty good this yeah, year. Yeah,
1: but certainly, again, as we said last week, what an incredible finish for Sandwich, a team that kind of been written off a little bit earlier in the year, mm-hmm. really pulled things together, played well for their senior, I believe, Kerry Gould, and uh, just an incredible way for, for Sandwich to go out this year. Um, in terms of where I see some of these teams you know, stacking up, DY, just again, just beat Whitman Hanson, goes to 16-3, and should beat Martha's Vineyard in the season finale, go mm-hmm. to seventeen and three. I don't think it, they shouldn't be the top seed necessarily, but I th- certainly think they could be a three-four at the very worst of five, where they were last year. Mm-hmm. That should get DY um, the buy in the first round yep. and then a home game after that. So, you know, it, it set DY set itself up nicely. I mean, his only losses, most recent was to Barnstable. It's kind of bounced back from that. Um, but certainly when you really only have, I think at one point, like 14 healthy players, <laughs> apparently one of their defenders, I believe Lily Holmes, played with the flu the other night. Mm-hmm. Certainly at this point of the year, you just want to keep everybody healthy. Yeah. And when you don't have any JVs, there's really no one to pull from. Yeah. This dude, is that group. That's it.
0: Yeah, you have to manage them a little bit. So <laughs> they may... Kind of to use a swim term, taper down a little bit this right. week because they get ready for the start of the playoffs.
1: So the Dolphins are ranked seventh by Hockey Night in Boston for Division Two teams total. I think with a couple wins here, might be able to move up a couple spots. Um, it is tough because the league isn't nearly as strong as some of these other competition. You know, Falmouth certainly is has given DY troubles. The only other team to beat them mm-hmm. in the league this year. So um, we'll see. You know where the where the Seeding committee comes out, obviously, it's a, these teams need to finish out their seasons first before we know exactly what their records are. But um, certainly, you can be impressed with uh, D.Y.'s, Kayla McGaffigan, 35 mm. goals, 13 assists so far this year. Your sister, Ava McGaffigan, 20 goals, 28 assists, so 48 points apiece. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's just incredible for, for both of them, who only freshmen have just really turned this program around and allowed it to have the success that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, found with probably it's going to be tough. Cause again, it's a full state tournament in division two. Yeah. Um, probably will be end up somewhere. Maybe the 18 to 20th seed. We'll start the road of the postseason most likely, but these young players won't back down. I mean, these, the same group went into D Y and beat D Y on the road earlier this year. Um, players like Sam McKenzie, 14 goals with 19 points, uh, eighth grader, Ryan McDonald, nine goals and eighth grader, Megan is 10 assists this year with four goals. So, uh Jack, and then you got senior Jackie Tolino, who's mm-hmm. obviously not going to want to go down with just one game. So she has seven goals this year, and I think that senior leadership is especially going to show. So, don't count out this just yet because they could surprise you.
0: On the uh, for Division One, Barnstable and then BMW. They're you, you think they're probably going to both be road bound. Barnstable probably the higher seed, but maybe may like low teens, something like that, and then BMW probably down in the mid twenties. So. D1 is pretty tough this year, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, Barnsville and BMW both got home games last year, but they only had a few losses on their resume. Actually, Barnsville mm-hmm. only had one loss on its resume. Yeah. So um, it, it'll be a lot tougher road this year. But I um, really like how someone like Barnsville, Shane and McInerney, as we mentioned on the show, starting to play a lot better. She's really turned on the Jets this past weekend. And then Elsie again, continues to search for BMW. It's the leading scorer now, and the born sophomore just continues to drive these two teams to finish strongly in the regular season. So, um, you know, again, you just got to play with the number you get, you play the matchup you get. Mm-hmm. Certainly, both these teams have talent, um, and especially when you look at BMW goalie Meg Nolan, who could seal one for you. Not many goaltenders who can say that. So, even if BMW has to go on the road, if they get a pretty equal matchup, they could surprise a team.
0: I would say so. I think that I do it for uh, today's episode of uh, Cape Sports Now. Thanks for joining us. You can find this episode and all other episodes on our website capecodtimes.com/slash/cape sports. Now you can also find the video on our Facebook page, Cape Cod Times. Uh, you can follow us, uh, the sports department, for updates on scores and uh, snow postponements, if there are any. At Sports CCT, you can also find us online in, on Twitter individually. I'm at Matt Goisman C-C-T. That's M A T T G O I S M A N C C T.
1: And I'm at I'm also on Twitter at Steve underscore during the last name's d e r d e r i a n
0: and you can download this episode through your Google or iPhone podcast apps. We'll be back next week and we'll talk to you then.
1: take care.